Amen. Y'all ready for the word? Amen. I know, Peggy, you're all retired, but I'm going to put you back in school now. I'm going to have to break y'all up. Do I need to break y'all up? Y'all <laughs> I'm bothering with him. Amen. I love to mess with Peggy. We're going to get in. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, if somebody, Sheila, if she's distracting you, you, you know, I won't mind if you want to move over a little bit. Amen. She's all retired. She don't know what to do. She says he's so excited about Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> Amen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Indianapolis campus. Y'all ready? All right. We got a powerful testimony. Carla may have already shared this with y'all there in Indy. Well, if she did, you'll hear it again. And she can't tell it the way I can tell it because it's secondhand because she had to hear it from me after the contractors left our house. Um. Yeah, this is part two of the lightning struck our house story. And uh, so th when the lightning hit, um, I told you all about the smoke and the haze and the firemen coming out. Okay, well, the next day we smelled gas. And it's a miracle. And uh, God, I'm standing here because he made a way. Uh, I was there all day with the gas in the house. Well, the gas man, when he came out, he uh, found out that, uh, because it wasn't until, thank God for a good wife, she smelled the gas. Her youngest daughter, Annika, smelled the gas, and I had been there all day. And she said, we need to call the gas company. So the gas company came out, and... Uh, they went and monitored the meter. They got this little device they walked through the house with. And he said that the gas was at dangerous levels. So he cut the gas off. Well, this week, fast forward to this week, the contractors came out. There was no danger because the gas had cut off. Our water heater is electric. And the, the, we have gas heat. And thank God it's, it wasn't the, the winter. And so only the fireplaces and the gas heat's controlled by the gas. So, um, and so we're obviously not using the fireplaces. So the contractors came out this week, and they were there for a minute checking things out. They put some air pressure on the lines and whatever, and then they, they finally found it. They called me down in the basement and um, told me that uh, they pointed up in the ceiling. He said, it's a massive gas leak. He said, this is the kind of stuff that will take the burn the house. When this happens, the house burns down. And these are his words. God was with you. Man, it's a, it's a testimony. See, because... It's a powerful testimony because it's like Joseph. Before Joseph did anything in the house of Potiphar, uh, who he served, 
He was a servant in Potiphar's house. Before he did anything, the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Before he did anything in the house, he was a successful man. How many of you know you're successful already? Okay. But then when he began to do things in the house, see, the success manifested in the things that he did because everything that he did in Potiphar's house prospered. And the Bible says that Potiphar saw that the Lord was with him. See, people can see when you have manifestations of God's amazing grace, people can see that the Lord is with you. That contractor saw that the Lord was with us. He said, God was with you. Hallelujah. And I was in that house all day. Smelling that gas. Hallelujah. But I'm here. I'm here to testify. See, when you have so-called near misses, as far as God is concerned, that thing could have, it was a thousand miles away as far as God is concerned. Because it didn't hit you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. What y'all want me to teach today? What y'all want me to teach on? <laughs> Amen. That's a trick question. You know, people have their favorite topics. Oh, I wish pastor would teach on this. Or, I wish pastor would teach on that. I'm happy you're teaching this. Or, I'm happy you're teaching that. If Paul was here, what would he preach? I'll, uh, just, just hold your answer right now. What would he preach? Because some people like, they like teaching maybe on prayer or on faith. They love to hear steps and principles and principles of healing and all that kind of stuff. Now, and then some people want to hear prosperity teaching. But I want you to know there is no gospel of prosperity. There's no gospel of healing. There's just the gospel. Now, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Salvation is an all-inclusive word. It means deliverance, preservation, healing, safety, and soundness. So healing and prosperity is in the gospel. When the gospel is preached, you'll get all those things. You'll get teaching on prayer. You'll get teaching on faith. But what some people want is they want prayer slash works teaching. Now, they may not say that, but they want healing slash works teaching. But when you enter rest, you cease from your own works. See, trying to to work up faith or um, wanting steps to faith or uh, how to confess, because people have made, I believe in confessing the word, just confessing and speaking the same thing. Say, Say what God says about you. God calls you healed, you're healed. God calls you rich, you're rich. God calls you righteous, you're righteous. You say the same thing God says. Amen. But sometimes people make 
confession or work saying, well, you need to confess this 10 times a day. Confess this five times a day. And, and, and they make confession or work. Steps to your healing. Seven steps to healing. 15 steps to prosperity. This is how you pray. You really can't teach people how to pray. Now, I may teach prayer, but when I teach prayer, it's going to be prayer through the lens of the finished work. It's going to be gospel prayer teaching. It's going to be gospel faith. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? See, there, 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 there are no steps to healing. Jesus collapsed all the steps. There are no steps. Healing is a finished work. Prosperity is a finished work. See, and when you teach on prayer, you've really got to, like when I teach on prayer, not saying you got to, but what I find uh, sometimes when I teach on prayer, I'm kind of getting people to unlearn some things so that they can hear from God and, and, and get away from all these steps and people trying to get close to God, you're as close as you, can, as you can get. He's in you. Right? And showing people what prayer is not a lot of times is what you have to do. Are y'all following me? Um, just because some people, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just, oh, Lord, I'm just so hungry for you. I'm so hungry. But yet the Bible says that he that believes shall never hunger. He that believes in me shall never thirst. Thank you, Lord. See, prayer through the finished word. For example, uh, another example, if my people are very popular. Now, some people will beat me up on this one. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then, then, oh, then, will I hear from heaven. In other words, you got to go through, the, these are steps. I say this all the time and, and I, because I really want to get it on the inside of you. The, uh, the old covenant was a relationship with God based on what you had to do to qualify for God's blessings. The new covenant is a relationship with God that's based on what Jesus already did to qualify you. That prayer from Chronicles that I just quoted is an old covenant-based prayer. We don't pray that in the new covenant. You got to humble yourself. You got to pray. You got to turn from them wicked ways. I ain't got no wicked ways. My wicked ways was dealt with on the cross. <laughs> See, now that, that was a good prayer for the old covenant people because they had to qualify based on their obedience. Their obedience qualified them for, for, for God to hear from heaven. But see, Jesus went to the cross, collapsed the steps to the presence, 
Man, you got whole seminars on how to get in the presence of God and how to have the presence of God. You're in God's presence right now. The Spirit of God lives in you. And it's just a matter of recognizing who's on the inside of you. And I'm going to show you, just, just so you're clear, what Paul taught. Okay? Eventually, it may not be today. <laughs> no, I, we, we'll get to it today. Amen. So, um, let's just deal with it. First of all, let's go to 2 Corinthians 1.11. Unless we, we talked about uh, a pastor is basically, uh, we didn't really get into bishops much. I spent a lot of time talking about prophets. prophets and, and in the New Testament, you don't have a prophet in between you and God. You can hear from God for yourself. Okay? And the word bishop is really the same word as pastor. So a bishop is a pastor. I'm really a bishop, but I don't call myself a bishop. A bishop is a pastor. And sometimes you have people who oversee other pastors. Okay? They would be a bishop too. Okay? But I'm not into the titles. I'm into the results. I'm not really into what people call me or, or whatever. And some people use this. Now, I, I know I've, I, I've been on this a lot. But I want you to hear this because... I want you to be safe. Amen? And nobody, I don't want anybody lording stuff over you because of some title, and they think that they have superiority over you because they are a bishop or an apostle or whatever, and you just a lowly, 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 just old ordinary believer in their eyes. But see, you're just as important as an apostle. And you can hear from God better than an apostle can hear from God about your life. Because there's no go-between. Hmm? Now, if I tell you what to do, you better do it. But these other people, no. See, that's, that's not my place to tell you what to do and to govern your life, tell you where to live what clothes to wear, all this kind of stuff. Anything about your life. Direction. You don't get your direction from me. You get your direction from the Holy Spirit. Now, what about the preacher? <laughs> now, we're going to define what that is. It's very, very simple if we just look at the Bible. And people will come up to me from time to time. Hey, preacher! Preacher! Hey, preacher! Y'all listening to me? I'm looking at y'all right now. And y'all in Indianapolis. I got, I got something. Hey, preacher! I'm talking to you. Because you're a preacher. What? No, I ain't called to preach. I'm not talking about five-fold ministry gift, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. See, let's see what the, what the Bible says a preacher is. A preacher is somebody who tells the good news. It means to proclaim. It's a proclamation of the good news. It means to tell the good news. 
1 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Timothy 1, 11, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Now, this preacher, uh, it, it still means to proclaim, but Paul had a call to the ministry. He was called an apostle. He's defining his ministry gift. Okay, but preacher is a general term. In Paul's case, he's called to the fivefold ministry. That's so that's in, in, in this context, he was appointed a preacher. He was appointed to be a ministry. Specifically, his title was an apostle and a teacher. Paul was an a, a, apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. He wasn't sent to the Jews. He was sent to teach the Gentiles. And Jews try to mess with his calling, try to mess with the people that he was called to, trying to infiltrate them and trying to tell them that they had to keep the law, but they needed to, to, to stay out of his business. And God didn't even want them to teach the law because the law uh, was through Moses and the law has ended. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Paul was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Now, what about you? The Bible says, go into all the world. This is not, now, this is a general term, preacher, and, uh, or in the context, it's talking, talking about preaching in general. Every one of you have been called to preach. Go into all the world, Mark 16, 15, and preach the gospel to every creature. You're called to preach. See? And you preach through, it's just telling people about the good news. Man, when you understand the finished work of Jesus, it's so easy. It just comes out of you. When, when you See, what's in you will come out of you. You get full of the word, you want to tell others. That doesn't mean on the job that you, you get a, a, a podium and say, I'm telling you right now. You need to come to Jesus. No, that's not what it means. It means to tell the good news. Everybody said to preach means to tell the good news. And that's what God tells us to do. Go and tell the good news. Just tell the good news about Jesus. Isn't that simple? Oh, I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. When you, when you uh, get an a, a unction to share with somebody, just tell them. Everybody ought to have one testimony, what God has done for you. Just tell them the good news. Do you know that Jesus died for your sins? Do you, do you know that you are forgiven? Jesus forgave you? See, that's the ministry, 2 Corinthians 5, calls the ministry of reconciliation. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing, imputing, impute is a, an accounting term, not imputing their trespasses unto them. In other words, did you know, without hollering, without a, not a whole lot of hooping, and not any hooping at all, you got to hoop to people. What is that anyway? I don't hoop. 
And some people say, uh, I got some a relative of mine that told people that I can't preach. And what he means is, it, like his definition of preacher, no, I can't. Let's put a pin there. I'm going to come back to that. So, you see, every pastor, every teacher is not a pastor, but every pastor should be a teacher. Let me shift over here to this, this teaching gift for a minute. A, a teacher is someone who gives instruction. A teacher is a master, a master of the word. Teacher could just, just, just pull stuff out. Amen. A teacher, one who provides instruction. Okay, back over here. But when you're just sharing with somebody, you can just tell them, do you know that God is not holding your sins against you? You know what you just did? You just told the good news. You will be amazed how many people have not heard that. Now, they've heard what my relative calls preaching. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something very obvious that you may have missed. Actually, I missed it for a while. I want you to listen to this. When people saw Jesus on the street, they said, hey, preacher. But you know what they called him? Teacher. Over and over again. Well, listen to this. I'll just read portions of these scriptures. Now, a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Matthew 8, 19. Matthew 9, 11. The Pharisees said, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Matthew 9, 11. Matthew 10, 24. A, dis a disciple is not... Oh, that's not, that's not one. Here's, uh, da, 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 da. Um, yep, Matthew 12, 38. Some of the scribes and Pharisees answer saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. Matthew 17, 24. Those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? Now behold, one came to him, Matthew 19, 16. Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Matthew 22, 16. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are the true and teach the way of God and truth and do not care about anyone's blah, blah. They're trying to trap him in something. Matthew 22, 24. Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies, and so forth. Matthew 22, 36. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Matthew 26, 18. And he said, go into the city and say to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Matthew, uh, Mark 4, 38. And they awoke him when he was asleep on the pillow and in this boat. And they said to him, teacher, do, not, do you not care that we're perishing? You getting this? Mark 5, 35. While he was still speaking, come, some, 
came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Mark 9, 17, then one of, the, one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who had a, has a mute spirit. Mark 9, 38, now John answered him saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name. Mark 10, uh, 10 17, oh, I, I did that in another translation or another uh, gospel. But y'all get the point, right? He was constantly called teacher. Every pastor should be a teacher. Actually, the, in, in the Greek, in Ephesians 4.11, he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teacher. The pastor and teacher are together. Okay? All right. Y'all getting some out of this. Let's look at this next, out of, out of the... Uh, now, what is proclaim? Here's a test question. What, is, what does to preach mean? To proclaim or to tell what? Tell the good news. All right. So look at 2 Timothy 1.11. I'm going to jump back and forth to a couple different translations uh, today. 2 Timothy 1.11. I was chosen to tell. Let's bring up the, the, the next verse out of the uh, New Century Version. I was chosen to tell that good news. So instead of preach, like New King James says, it says, I was chosen to what? Tell that good news. And ain't it some good news that we are forgiven that God does not hold our sins against us. He canceled our sin. Don't we need to teach on sin? Teach that our sins have been canceled. We shouldn't even be, according to Hebrews 10, we shouldn't even have a consciousness of sin. Sin shouldn't even be on our, on our minds. Amen. We're chosen to live. We've been called to liberty, freedom in Christ Jesus. Amen? Well, you know, you teach all that grace teaching. It's giving people a license to sin. People already have a license to sin. <laughs> think about it you already have a license to sin because God created us as free will you can sin all you want but when you understand the gospel you don't want to sin why because it's not your nature to do so thank you Lord now let's, let's go and see what Paul preached. I mean, you can look through Acts, read chapter 14, 15. You can actually see what he preached everywhere he went. And you want to know why I talk about God's grace so much? Because it's the gospel. Acts 20. Now, um, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes the word elder is referring to pastors as it is in this passage that I'm about to read. Now, bear with me. I'm going to read this uh, from two different translations because I want you to see how the translators translate it a little differently, but both saying the same thing. 
I just like both, so I'm going to, I'm going to read both. We'll, we'll eventually get to the, in, in your notes on the app, we've got the, uh, if you don't have the app, you can get the, the app from, the, from your app store, Summit Church, Indiana, and we have the notes there. So in, in, in your notes, we only have the New Century Version, but I'm going to read the, the New King James first. Um, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church, in this case, the pastors of the churches. And when he had come to him, and when they had come to him, he said to them, now understand that Paul, he oversaw churches as an apostle, as a part of his apostolic ministry, okay? So they came to him, and he said, you know that from the first day I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you. See, I, I, I've got the same kind of spirit that Paul does. I mean, he's, he's like, I, I don't keep back anything that was profitable. Okay, y'all got that up on the screen, so follow me here. Fifi, you got me? All right. Verse 21, see, verse 20 says, I kept back nothing that was helpful. See, he kept back nothing. See, I empty all my bullets on y'all. I ain't hold nothing back. He said, I taught you publicly and from house to house. See, preaching is not just, man, look, I'll preach. I was like my friend Sandra McCollum. She's like, Anybody that I want to tell this good news to anybody, I don't care if it's somebody in the grocery store, somebody in the house, I'm like that. See, Paul was like that. It wasn't just like, oh, give me a place to preach. I need, a, you know, 1,000 people, or I need 500 people, or I need 20,000 people. He said, no, I've taught you publicly and, and from house to house. I'm the same way, man. I, I don't care. I'll go to somebody's house, man. If they want to hear it. Amen. Somebody reached out to me this week. And we went on the bike. And I shared the good news. We stopped at a bench. And I shared the good news. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And testifying to Jews and also the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. See, people are like, well, you people need to repent. What does repent mean? It means to change your mind. Change your mind. Yeah, you know, people are repenting every week in our church. But it's just not what people think repentance is. They think it, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. That's not repentance. It could just mean you're just sorry because you got caught doing something. But you might not have repented at all. Now, you can cry if you want, but that's not what repentance means. And back to my relatives saying, I can't, I can't preach. Did they go around calling Jesus a preacher? What do they call him? Teacher. So I'm not concerned about trying to mesmerize somebody. But gospel Preaching will get people to repent 
not telling people how bad they are. Somebody was telling me about a preacher that, that they, don't, they don't like going because he's always, he makes, he said, I feel sad when I leave. <laughs> and, and, but the same, and I'm not criticizing, I'm just making an observation. You can't make this stuff up. You really can't make, you really can't make this stuff up. And, and, and one of the things she said was that, she said, he, like, I feel sad when I leave. And then, and then she said, <laughs> he's always saying, why y'all looking so sad? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But see, the good news make you glad. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. Repent, metanoia. In the Greek, it means to change your mind. See, when you hear the good news, it causes you to change your mind. You change your mind like when you thought God was judging you, and now you find out that the judgment happened on the cross, that, you, that all your sins were judged on the cross, and God's not holding anything against you, that he's not mad at you anymore, and you thought he was mad at you, but when you hear the good news and you understand that God is not mad at you, he's madly in love with you, it's like, wow, I didn't know that. I received that. Guess what? What you did? I changed my mind. You just repented. Even though you didn't cry and bawl and squall and at the altar, very quietly you changed your mind. And you're thankful. I've seen people that have changed their mind. I was in a service when somebody was preaching that you don't, have to try to get close to God. You're already close to God because you can't get any closer than him being in you. And this lady, she jumped up and started going down the aisle like this. What happened? She repented. That's repentance. That good news will just get all over you. When you understand you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and that you're righteous because of Jesus, not because of your behavior, and that you're not condemned that there's no condemnation. You, you think that God was condemning you for what you did wrong, and then you find out the good news that he's, he's not condemning you at all, that there in Christ is no condemnation, and you didn't know that, and you find that out, and you receive that. Guess what? You just repented. Amen. So when you see this word repentance, it just means to change your mind. Don't let that, you know, um, trip you up. Okay. Testifying. To okay, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now, how, how can you miss that? By not reading. See, people miss it because they don't read. What's the gospel? This gospel, this is what he was called to do. He said to finish his race. And the ministry, say ministry, which he received from who? The Lord Jesus. 
To do what? To testify. To testify what? Testify with the gospel of grace. That's what Paul preached. When is somebody going to say, Pastor, I'm glad you're teaching grace. You see, but some people like works. When you go to the works teaching, when you go to steps, man, I'm glad you're teaching these steps. This might be a comfort zone, a comfort level for some people that they just like that kind of stuff. They want to be told what to do. You do this, 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 and this, then you'll get fat. That's not how the gospel works. Jesus did this, you get that. <laughs> Amen. So we just need to keep proclaiming that. You're already free. You're already healed. You're already prosperous. You're already blessed. Point people to the good news. Okay. And indeed, now I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. See, Pastor, we, need to, we don't need grace. We, just, we need the whole counsel of God. Are you, are you listening? His ministry was to testify the gospel, the grace of God, so it has to be the whole counsel. Wait till I tell you, I got a whole teaching on it. I can't even get started today on grace and truth. Because some people say, well, we need grace, but also we need truth. We need to tell people the truth. And what they mean is really tell people the demands. I'm going to break that down. I'm, I'm going to break that down for you. I mean, you won't be able to, you won't be able to, you, you have to have somebody help you misunderstand it. That this good news, this gospel is the truth. It's the whole counsel. Ooh, man, I love that. Therefore, take heed to yourselves. He's talking to pastors now. And all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. See, it's the Holy Spirit. It's God who calls you to the ministry. To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For this, for I know this, that after my departure, salvage, savage, savage, savage wolves will come in among you. You know they're out there. Not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, Jesus, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to, to God and to the word of his law, which is I'm, I'm frozen in time. I'm, I'm paused like you paused me. I'm going to read this again. Rewind it. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his law. All right. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. How can you misunderstand it? The word of God is when the gospel is preached, it is the word of his grace. 
Thank you, Lord. New Century Verse. We'll close with this. It'll take me a while, but we'll close with it. Man, I'm telling you, we're getting this, do this pretty good. We're reading a lot of scripture. Y'all still awake? Yeah. Amen. Amen. What about the rest of you? Wake up now. Here, here we go. Now, now from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. Same thing in the New, New Century Verse. I want, want you to see the, 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 the difference here. Now, when they came to him, he said, you know that about my life from the first day I came to Asia, you know the way I lived all the time I was with you. The evil people made plans against me, which troubled me very much. But, um, you know, when you're preaching the good news, see, there's things, you got the devil coming against you, and it's always the devil. It's not people. Um, but there, there, uh, the devil can start stirring up some evil plans. I have had evil plans arrayed against me. See, but they can't stop me because I'm on assignment. And I got folk praying for me like y'all. And see, here's something else. Here's how to pray for your pastor. You want to know how to pray for your pastor? That whole chapter in Ephesians 6 talking about the armor of God. If you keep on reading after it talks about uh, the armor, and he talks about prayer, um, with all prayer, like he said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, uh, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, Paul's writing, he said, and for me, in other words, pray for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, that I may proclaim it fearlessly, courageously, like I should. So you can just go to, go to Ephesians 6, 19, just pray that. Just for me, whenever you're led to pray for your pastor, pray for your pastor. Because you don't realize that I don't get up and talk about it, uh, but it's some crazy stuff. Plans made against you to try to take you down. You can't, you can't do it. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. The enemy, like I shared with you, tried to take me out. What's he afraid of? I get excited. Because what is the devil afraid of? What I'm telling you right now. This is what Jesus, what Jesus has done for you on the cross. That you, he doesn't want you to know you're approved. He doesn't want you to know you're accepted. He doesn't want you to know that God is well pleased with you. The evil people made plans against me, which troubled me very much. But you know, I always served the Lord unselfishly, and I often cried. You know, I preached to you and did not hold back anything that would help you. You know that I taught you in public and in your homes. I warned both Jews and Greeks to, to change their lives and turn to God and believe in our Lord Jesus. 
And, and But now I must obey the Holy Spirit and go to, to Jerusalem. I do not know what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit tells me the troubles and even jail wait for me. I don't care about my own life. The most important thing is that I complete my mission. The work that the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. And now, I know that none of you among whom I was preaching the kingdom of God will ever see me again. So today I tell you that if any of you should be lost, I'm not responsible because I have told you everything God wants you to know. Be careful for, you, for, for yourselves and for all the people the Holy Spirit has given you to oversee. You must be like shepherds to the church of God, which he bought with the death of his own son. I know that after I leave, some people will come like wild wolves and try to destroy the flock. See, some people, it's not enough for them to just leave a church. They got to take somebody with them. That's all I'm going to say about that. Some people will come like wild wolves and try to destroy the flock. Now, see, he's talking to pastors here, so they won't be shocked when it happens. Won't quit and give up. Huh? And see, if you, if you go believe somebody saying to, telling you something about your pastor or whatever, you go believe in them and just take their word for stuff, you know what? Uh, go on. Because y'all don't know me. See, when you know your pastor, amen, because it says right here, he said, like, you know the way I live. If you don't know me by now, you will never, never, never know me. Ooh. Even Peggy woke up on that one. When you know who your pastor is, you won't listen to this crap. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So, is these people coming? Also, some from your own group will rise up. That's what I was talking about. And twist the truth and will lead away followers after them. So be careful. Always remember that for three years, night and day, I never stopped warning each of you. I often cried over you. See, that's an apostle. He's got a heart for the pastors that he oversees because he knows that they are overseeing the flock that Jesus died for, and he wants them to have the best. Now, close with this. I'm putting you in the care of God. And what? The message. What, what's the message? The message about his grace. You want to know why I, I preach grace so much? Because it's the gospel. Well, what will it do for you? Read it. I don't want y'all to preach to me. 
y'all. What is grace able to do? What's all this grace? What's it going to do for you? It's going to give you strength. That's why when you leave here, you won't leave sad. You'll leave strong. You might not be able to explain it. It will give you strength, and it will give you the blessing, the blessings God has for all his holy people. Thank you, Jesus. King James says, give you an inheritance. See, you, you, you understand what belongs to you. You understand that it's already yours. That you don't have to work for it. That you, that you lay back. You rest. You enter into rest. You cease trying to do something to please God. You understand he's already pleased. You stop working for something that's already yours. Hallelujah. Be strong in the Lord. Not in yourself. Be strong in the Lord. See, Jesus, be the center of my life. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not you yourself. I can do all things, not in myself, through Christ. It's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I'm not, I'm not even living my own, my own faith. I'm not living by my own faith. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not who I love, but who loved me. He loved me. I was riding my bike the other day, just saying over and over, he loves me. He loves me. It's not about my love for him, it's about his love for me. When I, when I understand how much he loves me, I'm not irritable. I can get irritable, but I need to refocus. I mean, we all get off. Okay, Jesus is the center. We just refocus. Thank you, Jesus, for the love that you have for me. Because when I understand his love and just drip wet with the love that he has for me, you know what? Now, the stuff that used to bother me don't bother me no more. It just fall off me. And faith is so easy now. Because... Faith works through love. Faith works by understanding how much he loves you. When you understand how much he loves you, your faith will go through the roof. You're just releasing your faith, and he loves me. He wants me to have promotion, have good success, supernatural favor. So I'm looking, I'm expecting all the time. You know you a favor going somewhere to happen? And because you're righteous, go to Proverbs and read what, what, what belongs to you being a righteous person. Blessings are on your head. Blessings are on the head of the righteous. 
Man, what if you walked around and you just saw blessings on your head all day long? You know how you can, can do those little, what do, what do they call them things on Facebook, the animojis? That's not animojis, but those, those effects. And what you can put on your face, people put like cat nose and all that kind of stuff. What if you, I, 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 should, I should make, make some emojis. I shouldn't tell y'all my idea in public. <laughs> I should make one that, had, that, 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 that just showed a blessing and got favor on your head. Like, like, like favor circling around your head. Blessings circling around your head. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, man. I mean, you're walking around with hearts all around you. <laughs> can you see that? Can you picture that? How much he, how much he loves you, man. When you understand that, you know, can't nothing, nothing can touch you. And you're bold as a lion. See, I, I may not know. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. I'm trying to finish. But I don't know what you may be going through. But if you don't understand the gospel... If you really don't get a revelation of it, you don't understand how grace has to do with your particular situation. Don't try to understand it. Just receive and soak it up. And when you leave here, I guarantee you, if you're receiving this, you're going to leave here with some strength to go through whatever you're dealing with. And somehow you just know it's going to be all right because God's got you. And it has nothing to do with your behavior or your effort. You just, what do I do, though? Rest. Give me something practical. Okay. Go home. Get you, get you a, a, a nice glass of tea, iced tea. Whatever your favorite drink is, if you don't have any iced tea, come over to my house. I'll make you some. And just, just sit, sit in your favorite chair, preferably a recliner. Put your drink down. Put your feet back. Cross your legs on a, uh, on a recliner. And say, thank you, Lord, you got this. I ain't worried about nothing. Whatever this thing is coming against me, I'm just resting in your finished work. It's a done deal. These enemies, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. These threats, nothing can touch me. I'm untouchable. Enjoy your tea. Take a little nap. Chill. When you are striving and working, God rests. But when you rest, God works. Ooh, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Let's just give, give God praise for your victory right now. Thank you, Lord. You've got the victory. You're not... You're not Fighting for victory. you fighting from victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ.
Well, Pastor, I did that, and nothing changed. So what do I do tomorrow? Get you another glass of tea. Now, some people will, they'll, they'll accuse you of advocating doing nothing. I'm not advocating. Paul said, I labor more abundantly than them all. He said, but not I. But the grace of God that was with me. See, because in your rest, God can give you one thing and show you what to do. But he, 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 you, you can't hear him when you're all worked up. And, 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 and trying to figure stuff out. The best thing you can do is quit. Striving. Trying to make something, making it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. What does that mean? How am I going to make it happen? That's me. That's my self-effort. No, I'm going to let God do it. 